Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Lager, the beer that brought the forest down. I drive an exotic imported sports car. I eat exotic foreign food like frankfurters and pizza. But when it comes to numbing my mind, I'm a patriot. I drink the beer that brought the forest down. I'm a lager man. And with the new 80 bottle trunk pack, you've got enough for the evening. Last night, I crapped in my bed and pissed in the closet. Hey, it's happy hour somewhere. Lager brings out the patriot in you. Shut up and sit down. I want to welcome everyone to a brand new episode, episode 342 of Third Shift. This is one of your hosts, the man, the myth, the legend, the light something I don't remember. Matt knows more than me. He shakes his head. He does he shake his I'm head. He knows I'm being stupid. He knows I'm being stupid. <laughs> it's me, Mr. Eric. But of course, you already heard him. He's here today, too. It's the inglorious bastard himself. He is the legend. He is the king, some would say, of discreet, strange things. I don't know. What's that mean? Who knows? But I'm going to give him the title of it today because it's a good day. We're here on a very special day, a day earlier than all of you would understand. We're in a magical realm. Here we go. And before we get to any kind of news of what's happening, Matt, how's your week been? What's been going on? Me and you, we've been talking on these mics a lot lately, Mm -hmm. so my brain's really kind of (laughs) messed up right now, but we're going to make this work. We're going to do it. Well, in addition to all the discreet and strange things that I do, I do also go and see movies. Went and shot Shazam. Well, I'm just going to leave it in. Who cares? I went and shot Shazam. I went and saw Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and... It was a great time. I remember really liking the first one. Not that I have forgotten all about it or anything, but when I got out of it, I went, well, this is one of my favorite DC movies. I guess I just like the the silly, more carefree nature of it. Like when, you're not ha- when you don't have to be super serious, you can do all kinds of unique things. And I feel like that's what this movie did a lot too. But then it also did the super serious stuff pretty well. Like there's a there's a big climactic ending and stuff happens and I went wow this is really really cool and I won't spoil anything but I really enjoyed it so I don't know why it's getting bad reviews and a bad box office and people are saying DC just threw it out there to fail they don't care anything about this I'm like well I saw previews for it like all the time it's at my theater I went and saw it and it was a great movie in my opinion not like cinematic masterpiece or anything but if you go you'll laugh. And you'll go, ha ha, this is cool. And then there'll be a cool scene, and you'll be like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then a funny scene, you'll go, ha ha ha, hee hee. And you'll go, I had a cinematic experience. Hooray! I went to the movies and had a great time. And outside of that, I feel like there's something I did in the real world, but I can't remember if I did anything. So I'm going to actually check. Do what you got to do, you know, check out the calendar. I'll, I'll tell you this. Shazam was fun, Matt. Don't be sad. Don't be regretful. Don't let the people tell you anything otherwise, because it was a fun movie. And I am interested in seeing Shazam 2, but I didn't, so. But I will, maybe. Hopefully. Uh, or am I going to contribute to the low box office rate and ruin everything that is sacred? Come on, Eric. You like you know you like to giggle and have a good time. I do. I, I will say I was, I was shocked when I saw how much the, not child, but like early teen actors were in the first movie, how tall and big they all were in this one. I went, oh, I literally turned to mom and I whispered because I'm a, I'm a decent person at the movie theater. And I went, I can't believe how big they are. Holy crap. It's crazy. 
I don't know, just something I noticed, and a great movie. And I didn't do anything else over the week. I barely even played any video games. One game that I did play was Pushmo. Oh boy, playing Pushmo before work, during lunch. It's absolutely wonderful. At this point, like today, after lunch, I'm almost to the very last section of puzzles. So I'm almost ready to move on to Crashmo. But I did find one puzzle that was go all the way up, come all the way down and build and up and down and up and down. And I got to a point where like three trips ago, I should have figured out how to get this these two chunks out even further. And I didn't. And I went, oh, it's too late because I can't get back up now because I was I was doing the finishing part, but I needed to have preset the stage. So it's, it was a little sad. Plus, I was looking at my watch because I had to get back to work, and I was like, I got, I only got like three minutes left. Can I salvage it? Can I? I, I literally can't. Damn it! Ah! So that's it's been picking in my brain all the drive home. You got to get back, and you got to play ostrich, man. You got to remember, remember though. You got to get these two out because you're gonna have to go like literally like three times through this upper stage piece, and then go over on top of the. Oh man, it's so good! I love that game so much. I've been playing a little bit of Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology. Again, not as much as I should. I mean, in my defense, over the weekend, I was downloading 3DS games like nonstop. Putting money on, getting stuff, having to close the shell so it would go and download and do all the stuff. So I have everything that I want, everything I wanted off of the shop, everything I need off the shop. So I'm ready to just hang out and play for realsy, for realsy. I talked about it a lot on What You Play in Third Shift, so if you're interested in more thoughts on Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology, a game from like four or five years ago, go check that out. It's great. And then just the other night, when I had the 3DS closed to download some stuff, I went, man, Steam Deck, I've been neglecting you. And Steam Deck went, man, you sure have, but I understand. And I went, oh, don't worry, though. I got like an hour. Okay, Steam Deck, here we go. And I booted up West Dorado, double-barreled. And it's a old west game where you, you're a cowboy dude, you're like buffalo ranchers. And one buffalo escapes, you run away, you come back, the house is on fire, the ranch is burned down, all your family's dying. So you're trying to find who the killer was. And it's really interesting and really cool. And I'll kind of go into it a little bit here because I kind of wanted to make it my release, but there's a game I have to talk about in the releases and maybe I should just do a two-pack. But I will say, if you've never heard of West Dorado, go and look. Had some gameplay, go look at some trailers. It has this awesome pixel art style, and it puts me in mind of something like Beat Cop, where it's not like super detailed. It's very vague, but everyone's kind of like that, those long pixels. You know, you know what I mean. If you if you've seen Beat Cop, you kind of know it's not chunky pixels, it's long pixels. But I gotta say, uh, I'll just talk about it more later. I'll, I'll, make, I'll make it a split release. It's cool. It's fun. It was like, I got it for like $2 on sale. I think it's maybe 10 bucks. So that I'll talk about more in the release section so I don't just keep rambling on like a weirdo. Eric, what'd you do this week? Well, holy mackerels. As I said, we've been talking quite a bit the last few days. So I feel really strange because my week, all right, Destiny 2. Usuals. I already talked about it, though. So I kind of don't want to like expand upon it. So if you want to go watch you play in Third Shift, you can hear me talk about Destiny 2 and a little of my sadness over that. So if you want to know, go check it out. If you don't care, you don't care. You probably don't even want to hear me talk about Destiny 2 anyway. So anyways, Hogwarts Legacy. Guess what? We're still playing that. We're still rocking through that. Once again, I talked about this on watch you play in Third Shift. I did all this already, man. It's hard to, I don't want to like talk about it again because I already did it over there. So if you're a patron over on Patreon, 
you get to hear all about it. If you're not, let me just say, I'm still cruising. I'm still wrapping it up. Those quests are awesome. The decisions and things they have you do, fantastic. That game is really good. And it deserves the accolades and it deserves the attention and the peeps that are playing it. It 100% did what it needed to do to be an awesome game. So good on you, Avalanche, etc. You guys are doing great. Now, here's where I will go. All right, Wild Hearts, played some more of that. Once again, already talked about it. Can't wait to get in there and play some more. It's Monster Hunter, but a different vibe. You guys know the drill. But Diablo 4 Beta, all right? I won't go crazy. I can't because once again, Matt, I already talked about it. I gushed all about it and did all the things on the Witch Plan. But I got to talk about it at least in a different way here. And that is the beta came out. It was a two-week beta. Played it the week before. All right, and got to talk about it. And then I got to play it on the open beta this week and did the Necromancer. And I love both the Sorcerer, Sorceress, whatever you want to call, whichever way you go, and the Necromancer. Both have been so much fun. And I gushed on and on about uh, both on the What You're Playing. But I will say, with the Necromancer this weekend, had a great time with uh, this particular class. So many variants, so much to do, so many ways to customize your particular build. And even in the beta, they were offering so many different kind of legendary variants with you know different stats that you could go farm and farm and farm and farm. I think overall, they did just a fantastic job in this beta of giving you... Uh, a taste of what Diablo is all about, which is even though you may have gotten a legendary chess piece that gives you even the stat you wanted, say you wanted a bone spare, it gave you that. But guess what? As I always tell Matt, well, you know what? There's variance on the percentages it can give you now. So it gave you a 13.37%. That's great. But you know what? 15's the top. So you can still go back and farm some more to get an even better percentage chance on that, extent, that variant that you wanted out of that legendary. But of course, that legendary has a chance to do this and this and this, and there's also base stats you got to worry about. It let you see all that. It let you get a taste of what that means and how that works. And I think that's awesome. So for newcomers, you know, just hearing the hype from Diablo 3, 2, and 1, and so on, coming in, I think this beta did a really good job of kind of teasing them as to what this game's all about and what it means to play Diablo, and, and what you're in for. If this is the type of thing you like, going into these dungeons and just playing them time and time and time again, trying to get that that one perfect roll on that perfect piece to slot in and just know you did it and feel good about yourself in that particular build, they did it. They did that really well. It was a great time. The story so far, really good. I love how... In Diablo 3, it tried to tie you in as a very important character. Like, you're a Nephilim. You know, you're this, you know, the rare breed of angels, humans, exact, you know, measuring up together, becoming one of the most powerful entities that can beat demons, beat the angels, etc., etc. This time around, the story may change, don't get me wrong, but right now, you're just an adventurer. And you were just out and about, and you happened upon a village, and then events took place that forced you into these different scenarios and off you go on an adventure. You're no, you know, prophesized this or that. There's no, you're not meeting characters of old that help you instantly and do things. It just feels fresh. It feels like kind of like a new chapter opening up. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot of the old tropes like Diablo is going to appear. I already saw a butcher come in as like a rare spawn in a dungeon. You'll get that stuff, but I feel like this time around they're trying to tell a tale. They're trying to do something new and get you some new experiences in the Diablo universe. 
and I'm there for it. I can't wait to see what they've got in store for us. I'm very sad, though, because with these betas all over, the game's got months before release. So you, you got that taste in your mouth, and it's over. You know, it's gone. And I'm like, man, I just want more. I just want to play the game. Just let me let me have the game, and let's just do this. <sighs> Unfortunately, I gotta wait till summertime, which is June something rather. I looked it up, forgot it. Doesn't matter. June's when it comes out officially. So keep a lookout for that. And then, uh, lastly, man, I saw a movie. I did. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I went and saw John Wick four, and it was awesome. It was awesome. You know, me and you talked about it quite a bit. If you love the three previous titles, you're going to love this one. Something me and Matt talked about, you know, it's been great, but there's kind of a staleness to it in the fighting scenes. I feel like there's only so much you can do when it comes to taking pistols out and shooting the baddies, especially once they kind of uh, showcased what the baddies were, you know, the ones with the helmets, and then everybody's wearing the suits that got the protective, you know, fabric that keeps you from getting shot, so you got to, like, shoot underneath it and get through the head and do this and that. That's all there in this one. But they do a couple scenes in a couple areas that are very unique and very fun, and Matt already got teased with one of them, and some other stuff happens with the, uh, the way he goes about taking care of business. It was phenomenal. I saw it in IMAX, so I also got you know the best sound quality, the giant, giant screen, and it was crazy. It was just bonkers, the quality that they, they put into this, especially the sound, because in the opening scenes, I wasn't even, I was munching. I had a buff, boneless buffalo wings, man, with some ranch sauce, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, as the, the black came onto the screen, and then there's some things that happen in the blackness still. And I'm like, what? just because of how crisp and how loud and how in your face the sound was before you even got to see what the hell was going on on the screen. And that it was such a perfect way to get you into the movie because it was just, oh, yeah, that's what this show shows about. Here we go. All right. Oh, man. Put these chicken, these boneless buffalo wings down. We got to focus now. All right. It was it was it was really good. And then the way they ended it. It was it was cool. They did they wrapped the whole thing up. The story was wrapped up. Everything was you know finished and whatnot. But uh, I don't know the the little good boy in me wanted a little more fanfare, a little more of this and that. And you don't quite get that, but you get enough. And then uh, stick around for the end. You know, there's a little bit extra there, and we'll see where everything goes at the end of it. So make sure you get the extra few minutes, everybody, if you're gonna go see this. To watch all the credits. I do get mad that they make you watch every part of the credits before you get to see this. But whatever. I'll do it. Works out well for weirdos like me. I like watching all the way through the credits anyway. Because it kind of, you kind of, you ride up that high watching a movie and it kind of slowly, it's like a roller coaster. You go up the hill and then you kind of go down that hill. Instead of just, I'll just leave right at the high and, oh look, it's boring life and the real stupid world. Oh, I like to just... Hang out and I see mom and I have a thing where we see who did the end credit crawl. I don't know why it's a thing, but it's a thing that we do. Also, like seeing like where all the movies were filmed too, where because that all scrolls by at the very very end. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh hey, they went to here and there and everywhere and blah 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 blah. So I don't know. I would enjoy that, but I get I get kind of cynical in that part because I, I learned that a lot of movies will do like piecemeal parts in different countries for the tax breaks that are involved and everything. And I'm like, 
you're all just, you don't care about this country. You don't care about any of this. You just did it so you get the Canadian tax break. You can go over here to Saudi Arabia, get the Saudi Arabian tax break, you know. Like, eh. But the movies that actually do do it, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But I, I'm with you. It is kind of sad when we're like, oh, man, look at all the, the rolling hills of Ireland. All right, where was it? New Brunswick and Quebec. You lied to me. You lied. We weren't in Ireland, you son of a You gun. didn't go to Middle Earth. You just went to New Zealand. Exactly. What is this? Ah, well, I mean, New Zealand is basically Middle Earth. We've all established this as a fact at this <laughs> point, man. They have, they have Hobbiton there. You can go visit Hobbiton. It must be Middle Earth. It cannot be New Zealand any longer. In fact, what does New Zealand do for anybody, really? I mean, Flight of the Concords. Don't, don't diss on them. They, they gave us Flight of the Concords. That's true. You're right. Sorry. I apologize. I take that back. <laughs> Rescind that statement. It's off the books. You never heard it. It's, it's not there. It doesn't exist, Matt. doesn't exist. So that's what I did this week. I saw that movie. Had a great time. I did see a preview for a movie, Matt, that I don't remember the title to. But it's a man who used to be like some kind of general in a uh, military. And uh, he, lost his, he lost his land. He lost his family. He lost everything. But he's a gold miner. And he finds gold, Matt. And he wants to protect that goal, and he's trying to get it to wherever it needs to be to get all the money for it. And, of course, a bunch of Nazis interfere with him, and he starts murdering people, and it's awesome. Okay? It looks awesome. Speaking of awesome, but in a completely different way, have you seen that Barbie movie trailer? I have not. (laughs) Oh, I saw it once, and I went, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It was some movie I went and saw completely by myself. And then I think, like, Mom had seen it before or after I did. And I was sitting there watching this trailer, and I went, that's incredible. I have to talk to her about this and see if she saw it. And then the movie happened, and I went on a giant cinematic adventure, and that was so good that I completely forgot about it. But we saw it before Shazam this weekend. It's so good. It's the best trailer I've ever seen. And that sounds dorky, but if you've seen the Barbie movie trailer that's going on in theaters that has the – I don't want to spoil it. It's got a very signature orchestral – uh, score behind it and if you know the movie that that is from it is that oh god it's so good it's so good you got to see it oh may, uh, maybe i don't know maybe you don't even know the movie i don't know it's great oh man wow i'm saying i'm probably never gonna see that because uh, none of the shows i typically see would probably show that in it none of mine do either but i think regal has like certain trailer packs that just kind of ah, okay that they just throw in Maybe it's a Warner Brothers property, so maybe that's why it was in front of Shazam. I don't know. But I saw it in front of something else, too, and then never again until this weekend. But, oh, it's a good one. It makes me laugh so hard every time I see it. Man, oh, man. So you just said a key word, Matt. Looking at something and making you feel good, making you feel something, making you feel an emotion. I had that. I had it again because Atelier Rise A three, Matt. Hey, it's not your turn. I don't what care. the fuck are you doing? It. Damn it. Come it. on, you Eric. kept talking, you took it, you took it, and then I just reversed it. I reversed it. <laughs> you know, here I will I'll back you up on this because uh it's like an RPG channel that I follow on YouTube. So they've put out a couple of Atelier Rise videos, like a review and then a patch for something that you're probably gonna talk about. And each of them has, you know, a, it's got a thumbnail, you know. Uh, like a thumbnail before the YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can tell why it makes you feel some kind of thing. Like, like yeah, I, gave, well, I needled you before and be like, on. oh, you just decided yeah. to jump in on the Atelier Rising games. I just decided to get into this one. Gee, I wonder, because there's boob and there's butt. Just randomly out of the blue for no reason whatsoever did I choose this. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> 
So Atelier Rise 3, Alchemist of the End and the Secret Key, has released. Of course, it came out like March 23rd, 2023 on all sorts of wonderful platforms. It's developed by Koi Tecmo and Gust. And I wasn't going to talk about it. I was like, you know what? I, As everybody knows, Matt just teased Atelier Rise 3, and not 3, but the original I bought. Because I was like, you know what? This series looks pretty cool. looks interesting. I want to get into it. And I played it for many hours. And I didn't fall off because I hated it, but I fell off just because a billion other games came out and did what it did. But I will say one thing that just always frustrated me was the alchemy, the alchemy system in there. And I already talked about it on a previous show, I'm sure, but I'll just reiterate real quick. And that when you're doing the alchemist stuff, there's an auto function. And I thought, cool, beans. I'm not, I don't, I'm not here for the alchemy stuff. You know, I just want to do whatever I need to do to go play the game and have the RPG adventure with my friends and this wonderful little village and town. But unfortunately, if you don't custom do the alchemy stuff, it never unlocks the things and items you need to actually advance the story. And I had no idea at the time that you had to advance the story through doing the alchemy to get certain items to then do what you needed to do. I didn't know that, and it was kind of mildly frustrating because I didn't want to have to focus on it. But I ended up doing it for a little bit and went on and did the story. So here's the really cool part. And this one, I'll just jump the gun and say, and this particular title, so I still got to get through two, mind you. So, all right, just just forewarn you that who knows if Eric's going to ever get this done. (laughs) But I just want to say in the third one, they fixed it up to where while you're in the the Alchemist uh, little area and whatnot, It'll give you the path to make this particular item, but it will also tell you, hey, this particular quest wants you to make this item by doing this and using this and doing that. Do you want to do that instead? So for dummies like me who don't want to pay attention, don't want to try hard, don't want to actually get involved in the main system of the game, they kind of give you an out. So they finally realize that, hey, people just want to play this and have a fun RPG adventure. Maybe not so much on the alchemy side. Here we go. Hey, you know you can make the fluff balls, but if you make the fluff balls using this and this, you'll also make the item you need to then give to Roger, who will let you through the gates of whatever and, and go on and so forth. That's awesome. Now, I will say this in a, in a sad note, Matt. The auto feature still doesn't do nothing. Still just make items, and that's all it does. So that, that never gets fixed. You're never going to get out of just actually having to pay attention to the main function of the game. Very sad, Matt. Very sad about that. I'm going to just put that out there. But anywho, that all aside, I, I got to looking at this, and the gameplay functions a lot like the other Atelier Riser games. You and your friends are going to go on one last adventure. Some mysterious islands have appeared. A voice talks to Ryza in her head and then, of course, gives her the uh, ability to go to her alchemy you know, setup and make a mysterious key. And, of course, these keys start to become more prominent and important as the story unfolds. And you can make all sorts of different keys with the different items that you're going to find throughout your adventures on the new islands and, of course, on the main island. And, of course, you know, who knows what happens there. I'm not going to spoil it. I don't even know what the hell happens. I just know that the voice talking to you, telling you how to make this key, starts to make sense, and everything comes around on its own. It is still a very awesome old-school RPG. You're going to go into battle as one character at a time while your other two characters will perform functions 
on their own, you know, at your bequest, you'll be able to set up some basic functions as to what they're going to do. And then, of course, as with the first one, you will combo your attacks, your defenses, your skills, your spells off of what they're doing. And then anytime you can switch between characters to pull their system, you know, their moves off to then tie into your moves if that's what you want to do. But you can also just focus solely on one character when you're in combat and just do that if that's your your gig as well. Now, the cool part here, and something I, I, I wish I could have kept going, was you've got all your friends from the one I was playing with you here in this one, plus a whole bunch of others. So your party from one, two, three, apparently just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and the possibilities and the, and the uh, relationships and or uh, combat groups you could put together... Just awesome. Just really cool. And it's and it's nice to see like a happy RPG where throughout three different games you still have the same dimwits and dum dums with you the whole time. You know, everybody's not dead and gone. You now you're just with these new characters for whatever godforsaken reason the story presents you. It's uh, it's definitely more of a grounded story, you know, in inside this little this little universe, this little village and the outlying islands, and about uh, Riza and her friends growing up and figuring out who they are and what they want to be. I don't know. It's just it's really cool, and it's kind of what got me into the first one. You know that feeling, and of course what Matt said, you know, earlier on. I'm sure that maybe played a part, but we won't say anything about that. It's just. If you want a really cool RPG that's been around for a long time, has three awesome titles in it with a full wrap-up, from what I hear anyway, in this third one, a full finale, an ending to Rise's story, go ahead. Go check out this fantastic title, because I think you may enjoy it. But if you don't like Alchemy Systems, maybe go look a little bit closer, because you do have to do it. You're not getting out of it. Just want to warn everybody, you're not getting out of it. So I'm not going to feel bad about having a retro release and a modern release here because you took your turn out of turn. You cheated at this board game of podcasting. So I'm going to tell you more about Westerado Double Barreled. Again, it's developed by Ostrich Banditos, published by Adult Swim Games. This came out for PC and Xbox in 2015 and 2016. So again, I'm digging way back into the back catalog because I did play it on my Steam Deck. Again, you start out as the son of a rancher family. You go to... Catch a runaway buffalo, come back home, the ranch is on fire, your family's dead. Your brother's kind of like last gasps of life, like, oh, brother, uh, the, the guy who killed us, he had a, he had a, and he gives you some kind of clue about his clothing. He's got like a black hat on. For me, it was a medium brimmed hat on. And I went, oh, what am I supposed to do with that? You go to the next screen over to your uncle's house. He goes, oh man, here, I'll teach you how to shoot a gun, teach you some other basics about tutorial stuff. And then you are off to the town and it's your job to find out who killed your family? But you do that by completing side quests all around the town. You can go to the sheriff's office. You can go to the saloon. You can pick up these quests. And a lot of them are just silly things. You know, you meet a lady in the street and, oh, my husband's drunk at the bar and he won't leave. So please convince him to leave. And what's cool about some of these quests are you can complete them just through dialogue. Or, you know, if it's clear out bandits out of the cave, you go shoot the bandits, you come back. But like for that lady's quest, he won't leave the bar no matter what you tell him. But during every conversation, you have the option to draw your gun. So that's how you get him out of the bar, obviously. He sees you're serious. Some conversations you have, you can interrupt him and make him go a different way by drawing your gun. Or you can just draw your gun and do the next thing that you do and shoot the guys. And You know, you can play this as nice or as evil as you want. But the kicker of it is all these side quests you do, or at least most of them, when you get to the end, they'll go, Oh, hey, I heard you're looking for a guy or... Maybe some weird guy was talking about a ranch he burned down. Oh, uh, yeah, he had, a, he had a red bandana on. 
And so if you go into your journal, you kind of go over to this like, basically it's like a little wanted poster of the character and it slowly fills in with all these details that you get from your different quests until you have a literal pixel picture of this man and you can find him in the world and go talk to him. Or if you're, if you've got your gun out and you're shooting around to go, ah, it's you, you finally found me and run off and then you do a whole boss fight and all this other stuff. But what's really cool about it is each time you start a new game, that bad guy is completely randomized. So in this giant open world, essentially that you're walking around in kind of top down style, again, 2d pixel art, that guy could be anybody. And it was really cool for me because, you know, he had a medium-sized hat. And then the next things I got was he had a blue coat and a blue shirt. And there were like 10 dudes with hats, with blue coats and blue shirts. And I was like, which, hmm, I go talk to each one of them. None of them seemed fishy. A couple of them even gave me quests. But I'm like, should I even, should I even, be, should I even be talking to you? Hey, hey, hang on. Should I shoot him right now? Oh, the next one. Oh, he has a gold belt buckle. Oh, four of those guys don't have belt buckles. It's like playing uh, Guess Who all over again. It's, I just love that it's totally randomized. So you can go play through it again, and now he's got black pants and white hat, whatever it is. So gameplay is a lot of fun, and I just love the randomization of it. I've only done one run-through of it so far. I was amazed how cinematic this game is, because when you ride off to get that buffalo, at the very start of the game, you come riding back, and the opening credits kind of come through. And it's... 100% an old western movie. Like you get the it's all pixel art, but you get like the the scenic landscape and you get the the music in this game is incredible. Like the horns and the trumpets and all the the old west music style, the strings and everything. It is bumping. And I was playing it on my Steam Deck, so little tiny speakers right up to my face. I couldn't believe how well it sucked me in with a simple pixel art style and it just gives you all that like this is an epic western type of feel. So if you're interested in it, like I said, it's probably like 5 bucks on sale on Steam, maybe 10 bucks at the max. Go play Westerado Double Barreled. And if you're in the mood for a new game, for a game that released just a couple days ago on the 28th, developed by Free Lives, published by Devolver Digital, releasing for PC and mobile. Hey, Howard, I talked about a mobile game, kind of. It's Terra Nil. It's the game I've been talking about where I don't know what the overall story is, if you're part of like a, a company that's doing this or, or what, but you go to decimated earth all the water's polluted the land is rotted there's no wildlife there's no nothing and it's your job to bring life back to earth and it starts out i mean it kind of doesn't really make sense but you put up like wind turbines to get electricity off of those you can put like water reclaimers or water filters or any other kinds of machines or buildings that kind of bring the water back and then you can start bringing greenery back and different types of buildings you can get give you different types of greenery or you know if you build a lake here then around that will be kind of like wetlands and this and that and the other thing so that's one aspect of the game is just bringing the land back to life you know each thing you bring back kind of gives you i don't know how to how to describe it like credits that you use to build the other things it's in the form of leaves so when you build a thing you see all the leaves shoot in when stuff grows up leaves are shooting out and so that's your resource essentially so you do all that you get all the, the land back, the water back, everything's looking cool. Then the second part of the game starts, in which you need to 
make different, like specific pieces of land to attract different animals. Like deers like to have wide open spaces, but they also like to be next to a forest. So you make a, like a plains area with a forest. Then you can start scanning for deer, and then boop, 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 here's a bunch of deer. Frogs, obviously, you're in a wetland that's next to blah 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 that kind of thing. So there's like six or seven different kind of animals you bring back. Once you've done that. Then the third part of the game starts, which I thought was going to be the main part of the game when I was first seeing stuff about it. You bring the land back. You bring the animals back. The next thing you do is you tear down all your structures and you leave. So you leave like no trace that all this happened. You go from nothing to everything to just flora and fauna. And I think that's so cool. This Using your, your leaves, your credits to build and improve, and then you have to think about ways to, like, I think you get certain vehicles that come and take your stuff away, or I think certain areas you do have to, like, bulldoze and, like, burn the area around this, the structure you put up, so then you have to, when you do that, also have a way to fill it in with grass and animals on top of that, or connect the monorail to go different ways to collect all your stuff and then blast off in a spaceship, so you get this beautiful pixel art lush greenery left. I think it's awesome, just just the concept of it. Because most building or management type of games, you start out with trees and rocks and forests, and you bulldoze it, and you mine it all away, and you make some giant war camp, or you make like a big factory. Factorio is a big thing, where it's just you just make it an enormous factory overrunning everything. And here it's like the complete opposite. You put the stuff down, but it's only to bring the greenery, to bring the animals back, and then you have to get all your stuff away. I don't know, just something about it really appeals to me. I think it's only 25 bucks on Steam, so pretty cheap. The art is great. The sound is like super zen. If you're worried about not being good at building and management games and you're worried about your leaf, you know, your amount of leaves, your credits, there's a zen mode, which cuts the price for stuff. The only negatives I've heard are sometimes some performance issues. Once you have the map all filled up with everything, it kind of chugs a little bit. And then people are saying they don't like the part where you go and pick up your stuff. Because sometimes you got to, oh, well, if he can't reach over there, so we need to build something in the middle to then pick up here and here and here. But that feels like an awesome puzzle to me. And especially if you know it's coming, you can kind of build your stuff kind of in a certain way. Don't make a big giant hill here because you won't be able to get over the hill. You know what I'm saying. So I don't know. Check out Terra Nil. Check out West Dorado Double Barreled. Both great games. Both nice pixely games in totally different genres and totally different time periods, obviously. But both great. Check them out. Well, while you're checking those out, man, I want to throw a little something at you, all right? Something from the past. You know, since you brought up the past, I'll bring up the past. Used to be this thing called E3. It was a big deal, man. Everybody loved it. Everybody used to love hearing from their favorite gaming magazines the month after it happened about everything that was showcased and laid out there because it basically laid out your entire year for you for the next year of video games coming and things to be hyped and excited about. Well, COVID came along, really kind of started screwing things up. E3 kind of went away. E3 was having trouble before COVID too, but that's when it kind of really tore, tore it apart. E3 was going to come back. You know, it made like an online-only appearance, but then went away. This year, they came out, man. They said, we're we're coming back. We went ahead and teamed up with Reed Pop, who does like the PAXs. All right? These people know what they're doing. PAXs are still here. They Hell, we just had one a little bit ago. You know, they, they know how to manage this, this type of an event. Well, guess what? Earlier on, Nintendo, Xbox, and Sony all went, no, nah, we're not going. We're not going to be there. So none of the big three 
are showing up. And at first, just to be, you know, it was Xbox and Sony said no. Nintendo was going to try, but then said, no, it's not working out for us. And then Ubisoft said, you know, we got tons of stuff we're bringing. So Ubisoft's gone. Then Ubisoft backed out, Matt. Ubisoft said, no, actually, we're going to do our own thing on our own dates. Don't worry about it. And then I was like, oh, wow, that kind of sucks. Still not over. There's Embracer, Tencent, Sega, et cetera, et cetera. Well, today, today, all the outlets started going, ooh. And, of course, I'm, you know, my ears are to the ground. Man, what's going on? Why is everybody going, ooh? So all the shows and shows and podcasts I listen to, all the outlets I watch and take, take a peek at, hey, there's a rumor that uh, Sega and Tencent are about to drop out. So there you go. Tencent and now Sega are going to be dropping out of E3 this year. What the hell does that even mean, Matt? What does that mean? I mean, obviously, this ain't set in stone yet, but this is one of those cases, Matt, where it's not just one. Every outlet's like, ooh, yeah, well, you're about to hear some bad news about this. Can this exist? Is E3 even going to happen? And, and more importantly, Matt, what the hell's going on? What is, is like Jeff Keeley got like his hands so deep in everyone's pie that he's, cause you know, it's, it's publicly known he hates E3 and wants them to fail. Is he actually just in there just strangling everybody to death that would have participated in E3? So that way his show and his, his, you know, entity just lives on and keeps going. I don't know. It's weird. It's just weird. It is weird, but I've said this before. Well, E3 always comes and goes. It's always dead, and then it comes back because everybody wants it to come back, and then it dies again, and then it comes back, and it comes back. It's never been gone this long, though. Well, yeah, it did because it became the E3 Expo, which nobody was allowed to go to for like three or four years, and then it came back as E3. So I don't know. I think part of it is everybody's gotten so used to doing their own thing, and ooh, I don't have to like – fit into a little stage show and I don't have to bring a whole bunch of people and bring a whole bunch of demo units. I can just have really weird spokespeople who just go, ha ha, you all love Resident Evil, right? Check out the Resident Evil footage that I have to show you. Ha 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 ha. I don't know. It's weird. I want E3 to just be a thing again like it was just a few years ago and we could get excited and each night I could be texting you because it's the Ubisoft press conference and oh man, did you see the thing? Oh no, I'm outside throwing apples. I don't know. It's weird, but it's never going to go away. As much as companies want to just sit in their holes and just release little videos, I, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm grumpy. What do you want from me? Well, I'm grumpy too, but I think it's dead. I think E3 is gone and it's not coming back because it costs too much money. There's too much involved and, and these companies have seen that it works. It simply works to just do those generic... Welcome to the Ubisoft Originals. Tonight we have many things to show you. You will be excited by these products. And it gets it out. And you see the trailers for three, four games you don't care about and the one for you do like that you do like. And then you move on. And I think for enough people it's been working fine. And they're not I just their money and the message has to be there for this to be over like it is. Uh. I don't agree with it. I don't like it because I don't have the bandwidth, man. I can't pay attention to 50 singular events course throughout the three, four, five weeks like the, you know, the Keeley Summer Games Fest. I hate it because I can't keep track of it. There's always something weird happening and I'm like, so I'm only catching, you know, the one tidbit that I really want and the rest, 
it's flying by and I'm just getting snippets on IGN or wherever of, hey, did you see the cool footage of uh, this or that? And I'm like, no, I did not because I didn't see the event take place at 9.50 p.m. Western Coast time, whatever the hell. Here's the thing is I don't understand why Jeff Keighley hates E3 because it's the exact same thing. Because every day during Summer Games Fest, at a certain time of day, this will happen. And then a certain time of day, that will happen. That's what E3 is. This night, Ubisoft will do their stuff for an hour. And then two hours later, Nintendo will do their stuff. So for him to say he doesn't like E3, it's completely contrary to what he's doing right now. Unless he's just saying, well, I just want to monopolize everything. But No, it's a lot of personal stuff with him. He used to be involved with E3, but there was a huge breakup with him and falling out. So he's been bent against E3 since then. So, But I don't buy it because there's so many conventions and junk that goes on in Los Angeles. Well, TwitchCon is a thing, like YouTuberCon, TikTokCon, all, this, all that <laughs> garbage. You're telling me you can't get a bunch of people together for some kind of gaming convention, a really cool one, once a year in the middle of summer where everything's nice and it's hot and people are out surfing and doing all the stuff. No, I don't, I don't buy it. It's died before. It's come back, it's died again after that, and then came back. Now it's dead again. It's fine. It's a hydra. It's going to come back maybe with a, a less cool... It's not going to have two heads. It's going to have one head. It'll be like that three dragon meme mm-hmm. where it started out cool, and then it was cool, and then it was derpy for a while. Eventually, you cut that head off enough times, it's going to come back to being cool. All right. Well, that being said, with the supposed dropout of Tencent and Sega coming up, any one of the ones we already know, do you think Reed Pop's going to throw in the towel this year or do you think they're going to push forward i think it's going to be called within the next three days i got no i got no dog in the fight here neither do i hey, i don't really care what, but. what's ea doing is ea pulled out of their little tree yeah they're events? doing their own thing yeah uh, i don't know uh, eh, matt's like screw this i don't want to talk about ea goddamn <laughs> not ea I just keep looking at this. Oh, Tencent pulled out. Name one Tencent game, Eric. Can you name a Tencent game right off the top of your head Who right knows? now? No, no. See, why are they news then? I don't because like Tencent it. Tencent owns uh, part of every gaming company that exists, pretty much. So, yeah, they're not important, but they are. You know what I mean? It's that stupid kind of company that it's just annoying. It's 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 crazy. I thought at first it was Embracer pulling out. Which is a big deal too, but also another one of those weird companies where you're like, oh, is it really important? But they do own like shares of everything and all sorts of stuff. So I don't know. I just, I hear nothing but just the chaos of it and it just bugs me out. Why can't two two things exist at once? Why Why can't that be a thing? And that's honestly what I was going to say. Like, I like, I've always loved E3. Growing up, it was our, it was our only thing. I also like Summer Games Fest. And I get, I get it. When you want to be the top dog, you don't want any other dogs around. But you know what? If E3 is really good and Summer Games Fest sucked this year, then Summer Games Fest is going to step their game up. Uh-huh. And maybe E3 is going to lack a little bit next year, so they're going to step their game up. This is how the world is supposed, supposed to, to be. work. Yes. Instead of just, oh, Summer Games Fest will just take over. All right, well... You have no push to be better. And it's never been bad. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to say Jeff Keeley's a slacker or anything. But when there's only one option, then if that option slips or kind of falls off, well, oh, great. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Me, the consumer. I really love I it. I guess we're happy with this C-plus performance. That's Exactly, yeah. All right. That's what we got. I mean, there it is. That's all we're getting. So 
why can't we just have both? Por que no los dos? That little Mexican girl from the old El Paso commercials, she knows what she's talking about. She does. So here's the hope, and a miracle happens, everything pulls through, and it's all well. Just doesn't look good for at least this year. Hopefully match right, and something can be worked out. But it just feels strange. I feel like this is a story, Matt, and in, in closing this, I feel like this is a story we'll see someday because I feel like there's some kind of internal stuff happening that, of course, is in a whole other tree and a whole other state that me and you don't get to see, obviously. There's there's some battling going on. There's something going on there, and I would love to know in the future someday what the hell happened, who was fighting who, who was arguing this, who was pulling strings and getting companies to bow out and come over here instead and do that instead. It's just crazy to me. So just something I wanted to bring up. If you want to know more, go check it out. It's all over the different big video game sites. You can see what the rumors say and what the official statements are and all that. We just wanted to bring it up so you at least know about it. And something I wanted to bring up so everybody knows about it. And there's not much really to say on it, but I was browsing the video game news last night. I was like, man, what could be going on in the world of video games? And every single site I hit said, hey, you know that Dolphin emulator? And I went, yes, I do know the Dolphin emulator. They said, it's officially coming to Steam. And I thought this was surprising, but also not, because the Steam Deck, I've got it. Apparently, it's the emulation god. You can jailbreak it. You can homebrew it. You can download emulators, and they're totally cool with it. But to have an actual GameCube and Wii emulator literally going to be released on Steam. Like, if you have Steam, you can use this. And it's obviously, it's going to work well because you have your Steam on your computer, your Steam Deck, or whatever. It just blows my mind that an emulator for past systems is going to be not even, I was going to say commercially released, but it's going into early access. And then once it becomes fully released, it will still stay free. Now, obviously, no ROMs, no games or anything are going to come with it, so you have to legally dump your own games that you have possession of via your computer, and you can hook up your GameCube disc and all that stuff that I have to legally say. But it just blows my mind that instead of going on, you know, whereiscracked.net, you can just go to Steam, you know, soon, eventually, and just download an emulator and bam, there it is. And it will fully function inside of Steam and have all the integrations and all the stuff that you could ever want with it just blows my mind, but it's also great because here's a way, and granted, you know, how legal are emulators, but it's getting released on the biggest PC platform that there is. So it's like an official, unofficial way to... It's got to be mostly legal for us to purchase. I mean... You don't even have to purchase it. You just you just you download just it. it. Obviously, the ROMs are still a thing, but just to be able to play on your PC, on your Steam Deck... GameCube and Wii games, kind of just like that. I, I thought it was impressive and something important, I guess. I, I wish more emulators, and maybe they are on there and I just don't know, would actually come to platforms like Steam and have, you know, because people know how to work Steam. But if you go onto any emulators, because we just saw the shutdown of two eShops, Wii U and 3DS, if you go onto any of those emulator websites, and I'm not saying I've ever done it, but it's all... How the hell do you use this? There's tutorials. There's this. you got to watch YouTube videos. Here's a commercially available product for free that's just, boom, it's on Steam. You don't need to, like, figure out how to do all the stuff. You're going to start it up, and you're going to probably load your file, find your directory, and boom, there you go. I'm totally down with this, especially the Wii slash GameCube version of this. So that's, you know, apparently the one coming out here. 
because Nintendo's notorious for locking tons of its titles behind old systems and has issues getting them back and you know up to date on the new ones. And even if it does, it loves to charge you a full game price again for the title, even though you've already owned it two or three different separate times throughout your lifespan on the Nintendo products. So this sounds fantastic to me. And you know what, Matt? It was funny. I opened up the show notes, right? And I looked at Matt's little note and it said, Witch Fire. And I went, what the hell's Matt talking about? I didn't know. I didn't know, Matt. Why didn't you tell me? It's like it's like a five-minute video. I know. And most of it is the guy talking. But I went and saw it, and it was awesome. And it also yeah. made me, here's the, here's the kicker. First off, we, you know, obviously... Showcase the spells, showcase what was going on, how the, com- uh, the the different elements will chain together and how you can use them to do more damage to different enemies. And, went, and that was awesome to me, and it looked great. But it said early access soon, Matt, at the end of that trailer. Hmm. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Early access soon. This game's apparently coming. I, I, I still don't believe it, though. Even after seeing that, Matt, I went, okay, yeah, sure, 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 sure. This is the ghost game to me, like the game that exists out of time and will just never be there. See, I think I've crossed over into another parallel universe again. Oh. Because you were the one who said it definitely does exist, and I said, no, it doesn't. The last time we saw stuff from it, I went, there's no way this game's ever going to come out. And you went, dude, it totally is gonna. And now how the worm has turned yet again. I well, said that on a previous <laughs> podcast. It disappeared again, man. It just went poof. And I went, uh, okay, never mind. I don't believe it no more. You're, you're just you're doing weird things. You don't make sense. There's no big hits on any websites, podcasts that I listen to, watch. Never mind. You know what? This game is the ghost game. It's, it does. It's never coming. It's just, hey, we're always creating some new thing for this game that's never gonna hit. But then you I'm, showed I'm, me the light. You, I don't, however the hell you found it, saw this gameplay trailer. That I've missed completely, and then I had to go watch before the show, and now I don't know what to feel. I just don't know what to feel anymore. I don't know what to feel either, because we the last we heard about it was when it was switching to the open world style instead of the mm-hmm. like corridor or arena shooter style, and we were both kind of, hey, I don't know about that. And everything we've seen looks good. The gameplay looks good. The spells look good. All the stuff looks good. But now you're saying it's coming out in early access... I almost don't want to get into that because I'm afraid it'll be, hey, you can uh, run around the town, but that's it. Like I don't, I don't want to. I don't, I don't, I don't want to burn out on just the town, mm-hmm. or I don't want to get rolling. Be like, all right, this is awesome. You can't leave any of the the level. You just couldn't fight the the enemies that are in here. And the one set oh. boss will have for you, or whatever mini boss. Yeah, oh, especially if there's like a hard end. Like, hey, you you made the boss spawn, and you spawned it, and thump, come check us out in the full release. I've never been that kind of guy. Like, Even if it comes out in early access soon, I want to wait for the full one, which will give it enough time to not exist, and the worm will turn again. I don't want that to happen. I want this game to come out. I agree. I agree, but I want it to be like, I, I wanted it not early access soon. I wanted full release soon is what I wanted. Yeah, I, I definitely want to see more on the Witchfire, though. They, like I said, they showcased a lot of the spells, and they got the different elements coming in, you know, the the earth, fire, etc., the the different air, and, you know, your two different elements, and then how they work together. So you'll be able to use one to chain damage to other enemies, etc., etc. 
And this was all looking cool, and it was like showcasing the damage points on the bat- the baddies as you were shooting them. I like all that. But being that now it's open world, I still have to hesitate. Because as I was watching this gameplay and thinking open world, and watching them shoot and do these different abilities with their guns, none of it sounded terrible. It's just, it was looking a lot kind of like a, a, a medieval-type Borderlands to me. And I was like, okay, this this has potential to be great, but me and Matt... Not surprisingly, and not shockingly, and we've been burnt out kind of on that type of thing. And I'm like, well, is that just because the Borderlands story hasn't been doing what it needs to do to make us interested? Or we burn out on just playing that type of game? And so I'm kind of in a mixed bag right now where I want to be excited for it. But I'm like, what's what's the what's the reason why we keep fizzling out on that type of game recently? I don't think it's the gameplay. But I also think... And what I feel is like it's going to happen is Witchfire doesn't feel like Borderlands. Mm-hmm. Witchfire feels more like feels more like a Doom or a Duke Nukem. Like going around big shotguns going boom, boom, boom. I don't think either of us are burned out just like on the gameplay style. But if you make it heavier and darker and more brutal, we might stick around more for that. But speaking of things that we're looking at and where there's all kinds of stuff and don't know about the gameplay, hey... Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom had a big old gameplay reveal with all showing off all the new systems. And I'm going to say, I don't know about this weapon and item and vehicle fusion system, although some of it was pretty cool. When they put the eyeball on that arrow and it became a homing arrow, that was awesome. Having the ability to do a bunch of stuff with your shields, that looks cool. I don't know about fusing two sticks together and a stick and a rock, but what I do know is that recall ability where you can rewind time on certain objects and they used it to kind of get sucked up into the sky, up to the sky islands. That's cool. I'm excited to see what else, what other crazy stuff you can do with those time rewinder powers. But the one that's the best, Eric, that I'm going to be using all the time, like even in places where it's not supposed to be, is that ascend ability. You know, you went underneath a little temple and you went, hey, you can use the ascend ability and whoop, you're on the roof. And I went, that's cool. I'm going to be platforming all over the place with that if I do get this game because I still haven't played Breath of the Wild to know if I really like these open world 3D Zelda games again. But then he went, hey, you know, this works on anything that's kind of like a roof. And I went, well, there's a lot of things that are kind of like a roof. And he went, yeah, like this cave. And he strolled on into this cave. And he went, you see, there's 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 a top up there. There's There's hills up there. And he went, use Ascend. And Link went swimming through this green abyss. And he went all the way up through all the stone of that cave and popped up about up on top of that hill. And he went, hey, you can use this anywhere. Anything that's kind of like a roof, you can go up through it. If you're trapped in a cage, pop right out, as long as it's got a roof on it. If you're in a cave, zoop. That's going to make me go into every single cave and shoot out of every single roof and do that literally all the time. If I get this game, that's all I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be exploring it like Elden Ring. But imagine if in Elden Ring, you went down through all those tunnels and you could see what's above me right now. Swoop. Insanity. Insane. And then they announced the limited edition Switch and Pro Controller and Case, and they all look so sexy and so wonderful. I had to give this a shout out. I was only interested in the limited edition items. Because they always look good, and they look really damn good here. But then I watched that gameplay, and I went, some of this is definitely not for me, but that ascendability, just going through solid matter, anything that's above you that has a top on it, whoop, off you go. 
like Mary Poppins. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. That's what I'm going to be doing in that game. <laughs> well, I'll start on the high note, and that's that the Switch looked amazing. The controllers looked phenomenal. Instantly, I went, wow, those are gorgeous. Just the colors alone, let alone the decorative parts of it and all that. This game, though, it did what I wanted to do. This trailer made me never want to buy the game uh, for every reason, period. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, I feel better that I can just let this, I can let Zelda go. It's over. Me and Zelda, we've gone and released our bonds. I can move on, thank God. Because it started right off and went, hey, Breakable, breakable everything. We love it. We're bringing it back. I'm like, oh, that's that was the number one. Whoop. All right. Don't want to buy this game. Cool. What else you got for me? Hey, recall. Oh, so I got to think about what I'm doing and then like drop the boulder here, then recall it so I can jump on it here to get back up. No, that's going to get way too complicated. Don't want to think about that. Oh, look. Oh, look. Ascend. Oh, there's going to be these dungeons where you got to get in this particular tube and tunnel and get to this one particular spot. And then if you ascend, you're going to be able to get to the top of it, which will get you the key to the thing. No, that's ridiculous. I, I don't have time for that. Oh, look, you can take these and make every single thing turn into another thing. Put a rock on a stick. Make it a mole that lasts a little bit longer and does a little more damage. I don't want to think about all that. I just want you to give me cool weapons that I can use and have fun with. I don't want to have to go, oh, what if happens if I put the, the puff shroom on the shield? It's going to do a puff ball. When I, I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to do any of that. None of that sounded fun. So I went, thank God. That's it. Zelda, you're over until I see another 2D adventure. Enjoy the hell out of this stuff for those who love it. But, yeah, I was like, good riddance, I guess. So I understand what you're doing, Eric, because I've done it before in the past, too. You were inclined to not like the game. So even things that would be cool in any other game, because, Eric, the self-proclaimed puzzle guy, I love puzzle games. I love doing stuff. I'd have to think about it and then do a thing that makes me have to... I can't think. I can't do nothing. That's no, stupid. In, in That's stupid. I'm American. I don't. I don't think about Zelda's things. Zelda's not a puzzle game, though. For me, Zelda's always been a dungeon game, a dungeon crawler game, where you're in the dungeon solving puzzles. Puzzles, puzzles, and a dungeon solving puzzles. In you gotta do puzzles, the dungeon. There's no dungeon. This is the dumbest. This you're is the dumbest conversation I've ever heard. I want dungeons back, where I'm in my Zelda with dungeons, and I'm going after particular items like the claw hook, the freaking silver bow. The that's what I want. That's my Zelda for me. When you're going this route with it, where you're like, oh, you could just explore the world and look around and. Like, figure it out what you want to do. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. I get bored doing that. I get bored playing games where they tell me what to do, and I still get bored. I don't have time for those types of games anymore. It's not my jam. I do think it's funny because everybody who doesn't like this style of Zelda game, and I haven't even played it, so I don't even know if it's good or not. But everyone goes, oh, you like wandering around and figuring stuff out and finding stuff and looking at mysterious things. That was like the entire point of the original Zelda games was Shigeru Miyamoto went back to those days as a kid of like wandering around in the forest and finding stuff and brought that into this game. Because the original Zelda, he... You're wandering around. You, you got to find stuff to be able to go into things to even do them. You don't start out in a dungeon. This seems like the ultimate progression of what the entire point of the series was. So to hear people go, this isn't this isn't what it's about. It literally is. No, I it's about going out the into the wilderness. Zelda. But you got to remember, most people growing up on the OG Zelda, like myself, already had the map. 
So I already had the Nintendo Power giant map pulled out. I knew where the dungeons were. So it was all about getting to the dungeons and getting the items, like you said, to just do the dungeons. It wasn't about sitting there in this freaking literally never getting to a dungeon because shrines aren't dungeons. Dungeons are dungeons. We know what they are. Just to go in this open world and just finagle around. And then on top of it, everything you love and have or cherish breaks and goes away. So the whole point of the game is just to keep getting something new and keep doing a new thing with it. And No, thank you. I kept running out of my swords. I kept having to go and run around and find a new stick or a new axe to use. And the biggest part that always pissed me off about that game was I fell in love with the uh, the little like lightsaber swords they had in that one in Breath of the Wild um, that you'd get off uh, the Guardians or whatever. But it would break. And then, of course, I'm in the middle of doing something. So now I have to go to uh, all, all I got on me right now are uh, two axes and a, and a glaive. I hate the combat feel of those weapons, but that's all I had on me. So now I'm forced to do combat with these inferior weapons because my weapons broke. I hated that stuff. You know, I think it's I think it's funny that the guy who loves to farm and farm and farm and farm and always find a new weapon and always do a thing is the guy who doesn't like to uh, you know have to gather up a bunch of weapons and you know use new weapons because that's because his old one went the away. Farming is the new; they're new. They got new stats on them. They're a little bit shinier. They might be more perfect for what I need for a build that is permanent, man. Uh, how many times when you went farming did it take you to get that perfect thing? Uh, 900 times. And what was all, what were all those other weapons? They were just garbage. You didn't even use them. Here you at least use them. Look, the conversation's over. You're not going to convince me. I'm not convincing you. I'm not looking to convince anything, but Eric's going so super negative that I can't even get a conversation out of him. So we're going to end it here. Hey, Third Shift Podcast listener. What do you think about any of the stuff we talked about. Are you hyped for that sexy Switch case? Are you sad about E3? Are you looking to use all your hot little ROMs that you got in Steam? Are you going to play some Witchfire? Are you going to do Atelier Rise of Stuff, Terra Nil stuff, West Dorado stuff? Let us know. Give us any kind of feedback at all. Questions, comments, concerns. If you just want to say hi, hit us up on the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter, at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Hit up the Discord. Hit up the Patreon. Do all the things. It's great. Indeed it is. You can also check us out on Facebook. We're over there living the life. And on the old Patreon, like a tip jar, you can go over there, throw a buck, two bucks, three bucks, any kind of bucks our way. Most appreciated for those who have in the past, will in the future, and do so at this very moment. Keeps the lights on, keeps us rocking and rolling. And I say a big thank you to you all. You can support us in other ways too, like heading on over to Spotify or Twitch or over to that freaking iTunes, giving us the five-star ratings, giving us your Amazon Prime subs, or just any kind of sub over there on the Twitch. You can also support us by giving us mailbag questions, etc., things you want us to talk about, etc., any kind of feedback. doesn't even matter. You can do that. You can make us have a great day, and we certainly appreciate it. And, of course, we appreciate you listening to the very next episode, which will be dropping on around the 6th of April. Maybe. Possibly a weird... <laughs> Quarter end episode, like bits and pieces all together. I don't know, but you can find that episode on iTunes and Stitcher, on Poppy and on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed, we do. We appreciate it so very much. Just like we appreciate those five star reviews. Come on, folks, get on over there, throw us one, get the spring kicking off for us in the right way. It'd be so very nice of you and very special for us. 
And with that, of course, man. There's nothing else to say but. Sit down.